The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. My name is DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engaged, and I am a Wall Street alum and a LinkedIn top voice on racial equity. And I'm here with my co-host Mita. Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DEI champion, a working mom, and my superpower, D, as you know, is storytelling. Absolutely, that is. And listen, everybody, if you have been tuning into the show for some time, you know Mita and I, we start at Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in the workplace from my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. At our table, we unpack it all and we don't leave any juicy details out And then we provide you with tips that you need, not on how to survive, but how do you thrive in your work, in your organization? All right. So now let's get to today's topic. Mita, what are we talking about today? Okay. All right, Dee. I might surprise you with another story. Let's see if I can do that. I always love when I surprise DC Marshall. Let's talk about this, Dee. How being humble can hurt your career. So a lot in the marketplace right now on humility and leadership. Yes, we need more humble leaders, but can being humble hurt your career? I think it can. I think what's interesting in terms of the headlines, how to be more humble or like you need more humility right now in business. I think that message is not necessarily for us. Do you see how sometimes now- Yes, that again. message. Do you the headline? That is not for us. That they they weren't talking to us. Whoever they <laughs> might be, they were not talking to us. So we've already solved this. We've already solved it. You know, and I have to say, because I love to always ground our conversations in cultural context, right? And being the proud daughter of Indian immigrant parents, my parents taught me it's like keep your head down, work hard. My dad would say, stay out of trouble, right? Stay out of trouble. You will be recognized. They will come to you. You will get all the credit, everything you deserve. And there was a big piece of being humble, right? We didn't talk about what we had or who was driving what or what schools we went to. Like, I never talk about what colleges I went to because I find it to be obnoxious and bragging. I I really struggle with this, like, being proud and then being humble because I was really raised to stay humble and hustle hard, right? That's how I was raised. And so that there's really a big tension for me in that culturally of how I show up at work. Yeah. I love the cultural piece. And I'll say culturally, um, as a Black woman, I think the way this shows up is being too much 
being too much, doing too much. Like it, that's the language and framing. And notice how the language is different and the messaging is different and the perception is different and the labeling is different. So the opposite of humility, you know, maybe confidence or maybe just attributing proud and prideful moments, particularly in the Black community, we say we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. And that's the opposite side of this coin, this humility coin, when it comes to Black folks and Black women. It's either humility or the opposite thereof is called big ego or, you know, doing too much. And so you need to be more humble. I want to stop you because we need to tease that out for allies listening, because I think that's a really important distinction. So if I'm a white man owning points on the board, sidebar, as Dee would say, go and listen to some of our other episodes where we talk about the files you need to keep, own your narrative, story, know what accomplishments you are creating and tracking at work. And let's say a friend who's a white man is owning that very proudly at work. And let's say you are owning that proudly at work. And as a Black woman, how you are perceived and the feedback people will give you to say, extra, too much, tone it down, be more humble. Yet you are as we talk about different standards for different people, you're not doing anything different than what your white man colleague might be doing in terms of the advice we're given. Own your career, own your narrative, right? You want to get promoted, you better know what points you've gotten on the board. You better know why you're ready for that promotion. And then yet all of a sudden you show up, it's extra. That's it. I love that. I love it. And I think the takeaway, even though we just started, the takeaway is just the lived experiences and the difference in messaging, language labels. Yeah. So let me now go back to this message of how leaders need to be more humble. I think one, that message is not for us and or Mita, it's not for this season. It's either not for that message of being more humble and not talking about and pulling up receipts, because technically we have to. Like, we always right. have to prove but, and reproof. Like, not a word, but I always say we have to, we are responsible as women of color and, you know, black and brown folks. Like, we have to pull up receipts. You have to. Or because already we're fighting for and trying to defend and, you know, qualify why we are here in a lot of ways. There's a lot here, Mita. Let's let's go in. What are you getting, my friend? What are you getting? What I'm struggling with is this. Every single day, I navigate how many receipts to pull out when. And this is the humility piece, right? I, I was talking to someone not too long ago who was really surprised to hear where I went to school because I don't talk about it on purpose because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. That's another episode coming up. So I went to... Barnard College at Columbia University, and then I went to Duke for business school. I don't talk about it because the perception of, oh, she thinks she's something big. Look at the school she went to. She's bringing it up. But I don't talk about it. And this is the humility piece. But it's the humility piece also, I don't want to be a target. I don't want people to start, oh, look at her, think she's mm -mm -mm, right? (laughs) So I'm very careful with my receipts. I got them in the wallet, D, closed tight, and I take them out when I... But I calculate 
because we both are super accomplished. We don't deserve it. We have earned it. We earn it every single day. We know that success is not, don't borrow it, don't rent it. All the things we know, we work for it every single day. But I'm very careful, very careful on how I'll be perceived and received in the spaces I'm in. So it's like I um, moderate, modulate, I tone it down constantly. And that's like, oh God, that's a sad way to live. But it is, it's the, it's the calculation I have to make. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors. I'm Laura Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. For our allies listening, champions in the room, do you see the processing? And what I love about this, Mita, is we're just being real and honest and not trying to put on or not trying to manage perception here. We're sharing very real about what goes on in our mind and how we have to, or how we are, how we feel led to, and what's showing up very naturally. So similarly, I do and don't pull up receipts. In the last two weeks or so, how about I had a conversation and somebody said, D, you're too humble. Now, I don't think I'm humble. I think I'm sometimes quite the opposite. I mean, look, in a lot of our branding, it's, it's you know, DC Marshall. And, you know, sometimes I'm CEO of Diverse and Engage. I think I really do share and show some very proud moments for me coming from, you know, a mother, a single mom. Yes, Sephora, Sephora billboard. P.S. Times Square, <laughs> Sephora billboard. That's on my vision yeah, board. Okay. But- yeah, because I mean, I cut my mom as it was a single mom. She had two kids by the time she graduated high school, you know, um, and I come from very humble beginnings. And so I do share, but LinkedIn, somebody over at LinkedIn, and I love our support at LinkedIn. I love what they're doing for us in this partnership sidebar. This podcast is uh, LinkedIn Presents. Um, and just the fact that we were in the first 10 of the inaugural you know, cohort of LinkedIn podcasters. But in any event, so I'm having a conversation with somebody over at LinkedIn. By the way, we have so much, so many people over at LinkedIn that are pumping their fists for us. Like, But my person, she says, Dee, you're amazing. She said, but you're, t- you're too humble. I'm like, what? Because I'm telling her all of this juicy stuff. And so she's working with me about, sharing more on LinkedIn because I'll be quite honest, I have a little bit of social anxiety. I'm already, I'm always questioning what to post on LinkedIn different from the others, right? And so, so in any event, I do think for women and women of color, this, this idea of being more humble is not for us or, and, or not for the season. We have to 
we have to share and show receipts. But I do think what you said, Mita, about just knowing when and where and how much is what we need to be thinking about right now. When, where, and how much. Like, I literally go into rooms, if I'm with a Wall Street crew or white male on Wall Street, I'm immediately introducing myself. Some people have heard me say, DC Marshall, you know, diverse and engage. Backstory is I train million dollar producers on Wall Street. I might even, if you worked in banking, here's what, here's the receipt that's going to come up. LOS zero to two. And I sat in assessment center because LOS says something and assessment center says something. So you know your audience, you know your audience. I know my audience and, and, but, and immediately, immediately, Mita, if it's a white male in that space, he's immediately in, he's in, he's like, wait, what? I, I have to stop you. Cause you got to save this. We're talking about introductions in another episode, knowing your audience. Oh yes, 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 yes. You know what that other episode is called? Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ooh, I love it. Okay. Awesome. We're going to park that. No, but this is good. But you know what you just reminded me of when I meet people for the first time, they ask me things like, where did you go to school? College, New York city. Where did you go to grad school? Oh, in the South, somewhere in the South research triangle. Because again, I'm purposely vague. I don't know my audience yet. And I don't know how they're going to receive that information. And I don't have the privilege. I don't have the privilege. I'm sorry. I don't to be dropping where I went to school, to be dropping where I work, to be talking about the fact that I'm a contributor for HBR, an entrepreneur and fast company. And D is like my publicist and is always like pushing me, but I'm, I, I'm concerned. It concerns me. Right. Am I being too, too much? Am I bragging too much? Right. Am I full of myself? Am I arrogant? Who does she think she is? Talk about all this stuff. This is, this goes on through my head. And I'm like, super accomplished and have been working for years now, but I still have these thoughts of how I'm going to be received. Can I tell you what I like about what you're saying in terms of not sharing? I love, that's just so quietly, just like in quietly. The North New York city. Yes. Quietly. But you know what I like about it? I like that response. You know why? Because immediately when you say where folks like to connect your genius to that receipt versus no, I'm just naturally, you're just naturally a genius. You have great insight, amazing talent, natural gift and ability that is your own and not attached to where you went to school. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think this is an important point for all of us. I think it's an important point is when you attach to something, then people like to attach your genius to that versus, no, your genius was your genius, whether you went to an Ivy League or not. And that's what I think is coming out of this. And, and I'm going to give you an example of this. People used to ask me early on, what, where'd you go to school? Because immediately I followed this sort of interesting dynamic of we'd start I'm meeting somebody at an event, let's just say conference, and we start talking and immediately in the conversation, where'd you go to school? And my response would be, I didn't. You know why? Because I'm a huge proponent of this. You know, Dan Goldman says 80% of success is attributable to emotional intelligence. 80% of success is attributable to EQ. It's how I manage myself and how I connect to other people. And so 
what I believe is that is true. And so when I would say I didn't go to school because now I want to see where does this conversation go that you can't attach me to having been formally educated. Do you see? And sometimes I would forget to tell people at the end that I did go to school, but I like this idea of being who you are and the genius and the greatness and the amazing, like you, Mita, a storyteller and a writer, doesn't necessarily have to be based on that this Ivy League or this scenario, this situation, it came from that. Is this making sense? I know I gave a lot of backstory. It does, where I worked or what I did or my title. But you know what we can do for each other, which you do for me and I do for you, is brag for each other. Because being humble is a cultural piece. I'm really not going to, at this point in my life, undo being humble. I need to work on it and how I can show up at work and show up in places owning my accomplishments more because I tend to dial it down. But I have other amazing people like you and other people in my life. And that's what I think from the allies lens, right? Think about the women of color that you work with and the amazing genius and things that they're doing at work. Brag about them. Say our names when we're not in the room. Say our names when we're not in the room. Please, please, please. Right? That's, that's the piece of the allyship because like you said, sometimes the opposite of humility, the confidence is not well-received. And so we need allies to help check the individuals who don't receive it well. All right, Dee, I have a story that's going to maybe... Ooh, surprise you. So this is an early in my career story. But what I love about the podcast is we have, first of all, we have women of color, we have allies, and we have people at different points in their careers. We have executives, like many of the executives that you coach, D, and then people who are early on in their career. So when I was a marketer starting my career many years ago, I was an associate brand manager and I worked for this amazing VP, one of the best VPs I've ever had. And I've got to find his contact. He like lost touch years and years ago. And I got promoted to be a brand manager really quickly. And so when you're in marketing, to go from an associate brand manager to brand manager is like a big deal, right? Because you're going from basically doing to directing. And I like, in less than a year, was getting promoted. Okay. I found out I was getting promoted. I didn't go to the staff meeting where my promotion was announced. I didn't go because I was so like, didn't want to be in the spotlight and so worried about what others would think that I had gotten promoted faster than them. And that I couldn't even enjoy that, right? Because I was so, the career anxiety, anxious about, well, how did she get this? Why is she getting promoted faster than the other 10 people here? And what they would say and what they would think of me. I didn't even go to my own promotion announcement. I have not made that mistake since that time, but this is the real, that's like the humility, the spotlight. You should be under the radar. And then, oh my God, when you get on the radar, that's a problem. Wow, friend. Oh my goodness. That's such a, you know what? Thank you for sharing that. I am shocked again, but, but also not because even when we do the show, I learn more about your culture, right? You share and I'm not pretending to know all. And I think that's the value uh, that we get to learn about culture Mm -hmm. through our conversations and our friendship that we share with the world right now who's listening. Um, But that now makes sense. But I'm going to just take a point of personal privilege here and say, and some of us are able to work out those things, like just by your level of self-awareness, Mita, that you knew 
right? In in hindsight, oh, okay, that's a cultural thing, the awkward, the uncomfortable, what other people are thinking. And so I'm going to take the personal privilege to say some of us can work that out on our own in terms of building confidence, but how it happens, if we just use Mita's story, it's awareness. So it's first self-awareness. So just really sitting with ourselves. Uh, one hack would be at the end of the day, processing for 15 minutes at the end of the day, what worked today? What did how could I be better, do better tomorrow? So the only reason to ever look back is to to learn. And so that's self-awareness. And then it's confidence building and boosting yourself. But if you can't do it on your own, and I'm talking to our listeners for whoever, I know there's one person here and this is going to speak to, therapy. Say therapy, everybody in the room listening to the podcast. Say therapy over on LinkedIn. Hashtag therapy. Hashtag brown table talk says therapy. Can y'all just do that on LinkedIn right now? Okay, or when you leave the podcast. It's appropriate and it is okay to process those thoughts. One for you, but two for your loves and three for your career, for your career. Um, We don't want that to be a block or a barrier. We want you to step forward, step forward. Hashtag step forward. Hashtag step forward and learn from our experiences here on the Brown Table Talk. That's a good story. It's good. It makes me sad for my younger self, but also happy that I have enough self-awareness that I'll never do that again. But it's hard. You know, it's sad. I was like, oh, that was a really big moment in my career. And I decided not to go into the office that day with all the promotions that were announced because I was just honestly like, I was more concerned about what other people would think about the promotion than enjoying and receiving the promotion and being like, hey, you earned this. You earned this. So last thing before we begin to wrap up, I remember a similar story of I was working at a big pharma. In fact, I was consulting for them as they're in a PMO office. And then I was transitioning. I was going to leave and I had an amazing boss. He was an amazing white guy. What's his name? I think his name was Bruce. Bruce, if you're listening, you were amazing. I just adore you. I, oh, I'm i telling you, I have had... Bruce. I love Bruce. Bruce, we love you. I wish you. I could find him. Now, I've, you know, I've never thought about him before. We all need a Bruce in our life. Everybody. But, well, actually, my other, my real mentor, there's a sidebar, everybody, was Dr. Steve Weiner. And Dr. Steve was one of my mentors. I loved him. You've heard me talk about Dr. Steve. He called me Bubala, which is a Jewish term of endearment. And he, he talked like this, uh. you know, D. And he was uh, opposite, completely opposite. White, male, Jewish, dad. Uh, he had three daughters. He wrote theater music for Disney and he had a PhD and he encouraged me because I wanted to be like my Aww. mentor, Dr. Steve, who was uh, had a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, which is why I told you, Mita, in 2007, I would have been a first year uh, doctoral student, but that's another story. Wow. I was going to tell you something. Oh, when I was going to leave the PMO office. Bruce said, well, can you help us interview your replacement? I'm like, sure. You know, I loved him. Well, we did, we brought in a couple folks. They were temps. So we had a meeting in Bruce's office. The temp walked in to the meeting. Bruce and I are sitting at the table. There is another chair right there. Do you know what she did? She sat at the chair, in the chair that was on the wall. I almost died. Bruce said, no, she's not it. 
So I'm going to wrap the story with this. That's humility, or that is how, if we don't work through our self-awareness or lack thereof, or what you identified, Mita, as culturally just not wanting to step forward because you're managing for the cultural thing, that got her fired. Like, hashtag, you're fired. Like, you have to sit at the table, sis. Sis, you have to sit at the table. Bruce would not have liked me. Let me see, Bruce, if you're listening, I used to sit on the radiator. <gasps> I'm not even the, you know, you know, when the conference room is like a hundred deep, there's all these chairs, oh younger version of me comes in and goes and sits on the radiator in the corner typing. I was so afraid to be seen. Oh, Bruce would never have hired me. Bruce, you would hire me now though. I've changed. But you know what, everybody, when we learn better, we do better and we live greater and go higher. So now we know. And you know what? In all due respect, I was probably like her at some point. My younger, younger first job self would have taken the seat in the back because even as a Black woman, not knowing, and sometimes this makes me emotional that no, you earn the seat. But for a lot of years, and I'm just thinking about, it just occurred to me. People with black skin weren't allowed to sit at lunch counters. And so, you know, I just had this uh, this moment. I'm just thinking about it right now in acknowledging that I sit at the table today. I wear a crown today because my ancestors paid for this crown in the seat. But I'm identifying with this young woman, and she happened to be a white woman who wasn't confident enough And just recognizing that that was me at some point. But now in this moment, recognizing that that was me and my cultural stuff showing up like you, Mita, my ancestors weren't allowed to sit. So anyway, as we come back to this moment around humility, I'm I'm confident that one person is taking away this humility and often the message is not for us or for this season. And often we have to do our own work in our self-awareness, like Misa shared. And often all of us are, we're that girl. We, we were the ones sitting in the back and that, that the, ta- the chair on the side or the, or on the radiator. radiator. <laughs> and so Misa, help, help me out, friend, take us to wrap this up, do something, say something, friend. Thank you for um, sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Let's go to the tips. We're going to go to the tips. I'm going to start with number one, know your accomplishments and be ready to share. Go back to one of our recent episodes where we talk about this. We talk about the fact that you've got to have your file, as Dee says. You've got to know what your points on the board are. And I think number two, just for my younger self, is like embrace the credit, take the credit, take the spotlight. You've earned it. You don't deserve it. You've earned it. Yeah. And D, number three, I mean, you said we started this, the beginning of this conversation on all the advice on humble leadership flooding the marketplace. Take us home, D. What say you? Yeah, I say you have to not just capture or keep score and capture the highlights and the wins, be able to to share it appropriately and all of the real estate that you own, whether it's your social profile, your email signature, your website, your domain that you own, own your name so that you can better share and manage the narrative about you. And you know what? I'm going to share and download some additional thoughts at Brown Table Talk podcast.com. And so Mita, just wrap us up, my friend. 
Listen, D, I'm going to add an additional tip. I just doing this. Be your own fairy godmother. That's it. Be your own career advocate. For too long, I sat in that cubicle waiting for someone to come with the wand and promote me and give me this and give me that. You've got to be your own fairy godmother. So that's what I'm going to say. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Dee and I love this community so much. And if you love this episode, please share it with someone in your life who needs to come and sit at our table. Thanks so much. See you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.